This is Star Wars Through the Ages, a positive podcast that examines why we love Star Wars, the amazing space odyssey. We will look in-depth at various topics through its timeline and ours. I am your host, Charlie Skywalker. Grab a chair, a drink, sit back, relax, and join me as we explore Star Wars Through the Ages. afternoon a little bit chilly here in the desert of roswell new mexico actually getting some snowfall right now we've gotten about i think two inches maybe three inches of snow uh, they're expecting another three to five inches of snow here which for new mexico or at least this part of new mexico is very rare we don't have snow plows here um, it's just a mess until you know, the sun comes back out, hopefully, well, probably not. I think it said, all right, hopefully I am back. Let's see if this is going. Yeah, it looks like it. All right, yeah, sorry about that. We had uh, the lights flicker and went off uh, for a moment. We lost power, but didn't take much for it to come back on. As I said, Roswell here is not... Uh, is not really equipped to deal with the cold weather. Um, as far as delay, I'm not sure uh, how much that there is. I have YouTube open uh, as well, so I can see the comments a little bit faster than what they appear on StreamYard. But we'll give it another shot, and hopefully the weather will hold out enough where uh, we can actually uh, talk some Star Wars and, and uh, you know have some fun with it. No, it's uh, definitely going to be a cold night tonight. I think we're going to all spend uh, the evening over at my mother-in-law's house. Uh, just to make sure that we can stay warm uh, till uh, my gas main gets fixed, which hopefully will be in the next day or so. So how's everybody doing? Don't be shy. Talk in the chat. I know Dale's here. Who else we have? And I apologize if it freezes up a little bit. All right. So, so far this week... It is Tuesday night, so the week is going better than expected. Uh, kids don't have school because of the snow. Uh, I got out of work early today because of the snow. Probably won't have to go in tomorrow, so it gives me more Star Wars watching time, which is always a good thing. But this week I had a couple of uh, topics in mind. Uh, one of them was brought to my attention by... Uh, one of my friends on Twitter, uh, Semperfy Danny. I'm sure most of you guys follow her as well. And she was talking about uh, music and the music of Star Wars. And that was, uh, you know, uh, that really got me thinking about how amazing the music of Star Wars really is and how amazing and unique a person like John Williams is. John Williams has been making music since the 1960s. I believe he has done almost 120 movies. 
He's done TV commercials. He's done TV shows. He's done the Olympic fanfare in 1984 for when the Olympics were in Los Angeles. Uh, he's done so much for film and cinema and for our entertainment. And it's odd that, well, I won't say odd, but every soundtrack that he has is unique. It's different. It's not something that you're not going to pick up, um, you know, one that he did 10 years ago and be automatically, oh, yep, that's John Williams. It's got the same same bars, the same keys, the same pattern that he normally follows. Uh, all of his are, uh, are extremely uh, unique and uh, strangely popular. A lot of people don't necessarily, you know, think of cinematic scores as go-to music, but you play a bar or two of some of his compositions and people automatically know what it is hey chris how are we doing today see chris king in the chat so john williams just his awards alone 25 grammys 25 grammys he's won seven british academy awards he has won five american academy awards he's won four golden globes He's already been nominated this year for possibly his sixth Academy Award. I I have it here in my notes, so I wouldn't forget any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. In 2005, AFI, which is the American Film Institute, announced that Star Wars was the greatest score of all time. Now, how impressive is that? That we have a, a gentleman that has scored 100 and 17, I think, is the actual total scores for different movies. And Star Wars was the one that they picked as the greatest soundtrack or the greatest score of all time. I, he's the second most nominated person. And the next one, that, or the number one, is Walt Disney. And we all know what Walt Disney has done uh, for all of his animated films and his innovations and you have John Williams that has been, you know, the second most nominated. Yeah, Dale, I, I, I re he rarely gives interviews, which I thought was odd. In fact, he was even the conductor of the Boston Pops from 1983 or 1980 to 1993, 94. And even then, he didn't really talk much. I saw get to saw him, or I, I've seen him twice uh, in Boston conducting the Boston Pops, and. It, it, even when he's on stage, he just announces things really briefly. Then he gets to business and starts conducting great music. So some of the things that uh, I looked up on, you know, in case a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of John Williams, but I might not know, you know, everything he's done. Here's some of his accomplishments as far as scores go. He's done Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's, uh, it's so iconic. He's done Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman with Christopher Reeve. He's done E.T. He did Indiana Jones, all the Indiana Jones. Uh, he did uh, Home Alone 1 and 2. Uh, he did Hook. Um, he did uh, Jurassic Park, I believe, 1 and 2. 
he did Schindler's List, which to me is one of uh, the most amazing movies, uh, most touching movies I have uh, ever seen. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, he did uh, iconic music for The Patriot. He did uh, the Harry Potter uh, movies, uh, I think one through three. Uh, uh, Minority Report, AI. He's done so many and touched on so many different levels. And Chris said uh, he did read one time that he had never watched a Star Wars movie except for while scoring it. And I believe that I saw that uh, as well. Uh, oh, man, I forgot my banners. All right, so here we go. John Williams, genius. I'm still getting used to this live stream format, but I'll get there eventually. Um, you know, we've done his notable scores that he's done. We've gone over his awards that he's done. Now, here's a crazy fact about John Williams that you guys might not know. John Williams, even after doing 117 movies, various commercials, TV shows, for all of his nominations, for all of his awards that he has gotten, he does not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. No star. You can walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard. You're not going to find it. He has touched so many people, people's lives. Let me say that. He's touched so many people's lives, but no star on the Walk of Fame. Now, I don't know if it's because there's a $3,000 fee that goes along with it. I don't know if it's because, uh, you know, no one has, you know, nominated him. You know, maybe people think, you know, oh, John Williams. Yeah, he's done so much. He's got to have at least uh, a star, if not two or three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But no stars. So perhaps, you know, he hasn't been nominated. Perhaps, perhaps it's a fee. Maybe it's a, an honor that he really doesn't want to have. Carrie Fisher was the same way. Uh, she never really wanted uh, a star there, and she never saw the point of it and, and, and the use, usefulness of it. But I don't know. I think I'm going to look into that a little bit, maybe see if I uh, can get a group of people together, see what it takes to actually nominate somebody for uh, the Walk of Fame. You know, who knows? Maybe we could – I bet we could uh, go fund me or crowdsource or whatever you want to call that. Um, you know, the $3,000 fee that it takes to, um, to get on there. Let me throw the link on here. That way, if anybody wants to come in, that should be the link there. All right. So some of the other things that I was thinking of about John Williams was, of course, I always focus on Star Wars. It's the, the greatest movie franchise of all time. Uh, at least in my opinion. But what were my favorite moments of John Williams? And since there were so many of them, I just figured I'd pick one from each trilogy and go from there. Uh, so we'll start with a, a New Hope. My favorite, actually, I couldn't decide on one. So I had to go with two here. One was the Force theme. I didn't go with the introduction because that's in a lot of, uh, in fact, it's on all of the movies other than Solo and Rogue One. But the the opening fanfare, which is iconic in its own right, uh, I decided not to go with that one uh, because it's in multiple movies. So the Force theme, 
which does, you know, it, it's mainly in uh, A New Hope. I really enjoyed it. They have snippets of it in other movies, but the full theme of it is just so whimsical and it carries you away. And you, it's just, I don't, knowing that it's the force theme, I can almost feel the force around me when I hear the music start to swell. My other one that I really enjoyed was Leah's theme. It just, uh, it was so powerful. It's, it's gentle, but strong at the same time. Uh, it's really hard to describe. I just, in fact, I, I heard a little portion of it when they did uh, the preview or the, the teaser trailer for Rise of Skywalker. And they played Leia's theme in there. And it's it, it really made me well up with emotion. Just, just being able to hear that uh, and knowing that she was gone. Uh, definitely not forgotten. Uh, such uh, the tone that that one sets is just absolutely amazing. So then for the prequel trilogy, I think I had to go with Duel of the Fates. Another milestone in cinematic themes where you have a chorus that goes along with the music itself and how it starts off slow and builds and then the action and uh, i can hear the music and see the picture in my mind of the lightsaber duel that they have it's it was just absolutely uh amazing and most of the other films that you see they don't combine the two aspects of the choral and the instrumentation as well uh, so i thought that uh, that was uh, had to be my pick there and for the sequel trilogy uh, i don't think i could have gone wrong with ray's theme it was new it was refreshing it was light but serious and almost playful and i just it, it just seemed like it was the rekindling of something amazing and of course we got the three movies that we did and saw the evolution of ray uh in that oh no problem chris we appreciate you uh, coming in absolutely before you go do you have uh do you have a favorite john williams star wars uh piece that uh you know could be anything uh another one of my favorites is the asteroid chase through the asteroid field in empire strikes back uh, it just uh, it built such suspense uh, as they're trying to get away uh, from the Empire and the asteroids. It just uh, was very, very good. How about the rest of you in the chat? What do you got? What's your favorite Star Wars music, if there's any? So we're going to keep on going here. Like I said, it might be a short one today. My actual my toes are actually getting a little cold here. Dale says I don't have a favorite. I love it all. Absolutely. Uh, there's just. You know, it's it, it's so iconic, and uh, it, it was hard for me to pick just one. Yeah, I agree. There are definitely some that uh, emotional than others, um, which was uh, another question that I was thinking of. Is you know how how does it make you feel? How does it make me feel 
when I watch these scenes. Uh, I do a lot of, um, what do they call that, uh, mashups in my music taste. I Where they pick up two songs, they mash them together, and uh, two songs you wouldn't think that would ever go together, and somehow they just fit. Uh, Star Wars, to me, isn't like that. I, you can't replace the music from another movie into a scene in Star Wars and have it fit the way that it does. It's just, uh, it, it completes the movie it in uh, ways that uh, I don't think anyone else or any other score could have done. Um, I've even tried watching Star Wars with the sound either very low or off because of um, needing to listen for the kids in the, uh, you know, in that other part of the house, uh, you know, be watching uh, one of the movies and have to pause uh, or uh, just mute the television to hear what, you know, what are they saying? What's going on in there? Is there about to be a fight? Do I have to go be referee? And, and I'm watching it. And you just, uh, I can hear it in my head, so it makes it a little easier. Hey, RFB's in the house. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it just, the music really doesn't, uh, it, it, you can't, I can't separate the two. Because I'll watch it and I'll either see uh, or hear the music as the scene's playing in my head. Uh, it's it's the only movie that I think that, or the only series that does that for me. Because now I'm so familiar with all of the music and all of them uh, that I just can't uh, yeah I can't separate the two. And real far boy, we are talking about John Williams. We are talking about the uh music of star wars how it makes us feel uh i've went over a little bit of john williams accomplishments and the travesty that it is that john williams does not have a school uh a score a star on the hollywood walk of fame don't i, I cannot fathom that uh as many i don't want to say uh actors or actresses or uh, directors that you know really don't deserve it because i guess they all do they're all nominated or whatnot but i think that john williams has affected more people through his music than most of the actors or actresses that are on that uh, walk of fame all right get back over here to the comments i agree uh michael uh from the two med two uh network says he f really finds it interesting when they play something but in a different key on different shows or movies. Uh, I've seen that. In fact, not only that, when they did uh, Solo, I know it's a Star Wars movie, but it was a different composer, I believe, that did, uh, did that. They did a different take on John Williams' Imperial March. The Imperial March is set in a minor key, and for Solo... They moved it up to a major key and made it more poppy and more appealing instead of the dark, ominous tone that the Imperial March had for recruitment. And you could hear it as he's uh, being uh, questioned by the Imperial officer trying to enlist him. And, uh, you know, you just hear it in the background. It's just, it's just a little bit 
uh, uh, you know, a, a little different, but it still echoed John Williams. Right, Anthony? Uh, he says that, uh, yeah, Saving Private Ryan was, it was yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Uh, there's so many other movies that he has touched on uh, that uh, were just incredible. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, the violin in Schindler's List uh, was, uh, it, it makes me tear up every time I hear it. Um you know the 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 swell of superman when uh when you hear the uh, the original one come on makes me want to just rip open the chest and you know, you know uh, the shirt and have that uh, big s on your chest uh, it's an absolutely uh, amazing thing that uh, the emotion that he can uh that he can do uh, the indiana jones theme is another one uh that you it a couple of bars play and everyone's like, Oh, that's Indiana Jones. Uh, the theme from ET when they're flying across the moon uh, and that starts to go, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of older people uh, will uh, immediately recognize that one. Uh, the theme for Harry Potter, uh, you know, you, you hear the dun, 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 and it automatically, you know, Oh, Harry Potter. All right. It, you know, something, you know, something cool is about to happen. Oh, cool. I see. I, I'm still getting, uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Condon says, uh, that they uh, also have it in clone wars as well. And yesterday we were on, uh, his show, the Bacta tank, and we were talking about uh, clone wars and how to watch it and the best way to watch it. And he's doing his rewatch and I need to really get on mine because with season seven coming out, uh, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball and need to catch up. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I love how they have bits and pieces here and there and how it just ties everything together. It's just, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's simply amazing the way that music affects our lives, uh, even away from Star Wars, um, we all have, you know, what they call the soundtrack of our life. You know, it's, uh, everyone has their own favorite music, uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know, Metallica or Pearl Jam and Nirvana, the grunge era, or uh, ACDC, Pink Floyd, you know, some more of the old uh, Led Zeppelin, some of the classic rock, you know, we all have soundtracks that resonate within us and how emotional that can bring to us. I can hear certain songs on the radio and I remember exactly what I was doing you know, when I first heard that song and yeah, it's just, it, it's so cool how something like that, uh, can affect our emotions, uh, and even movies just, uh, with star Wars, when you, uh, in a new hope and you hear the dun, 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 as the ships are coming over and you're like, Oh wow. You know, it's, it's just sets the tone, sets the mood for, all the magic that's about to happen. So what do you guys think? What are you guys thoughts on, on John Williams? Yes. Yes. Boo on my headwear. I, I, I understand, you know, the best team in the nation, uh, is not loved by everyone, but that's all right. You know, it, it, it could be worse. You know, it, it could be the giants or the jets. And I think I'm having a, above 
average delay here. I'm not sure when I'm talking and when what you guys are hearing. So if there's a little bit of dead time, I do apologize. Uh, again, the weather is just atrocious outside. Um, when I came in uh, from my mother-in-law's house, uh, it was just starting to snow again. And uh, we've already lost electricity uh, once and had to restart. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, we're 30 minutes in, so hopefully everything, everything goes well for the rest of the way. Let me get this again. All right, so I just posted the link for the live chat again. So if you guys want to jump in, right? I, I know, Anthony, it's, it's strange. Now, uh, about an hour and a half away, we, we do have some mountains, and they do get snow up there. In fact, you know, they've had snow up there since November. Uh, but uh, down here in, in the plains, now, the lowest that it's been overnight is only been, I think lowest has been 37, and the highs are normally in the 50s or 60s. Uh, just this last week, we had a high of uh, 70, 74, and then the next day it was 68, then 55, and then bam, today uh, the high was uh, 37, and we have snow on the road. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. We're expecting about... Um, about a let's see, we already got uh, two inches. We're already expecting about another three to five inches. So most everybody has the day off tomorrow because we don't have plows or anything to clear the roads. Should be fun. All right. So that's what I had for uh, for John Williams. So now we're going to go to my second topic here. Ch -ch -ch changes. So this one here is one that I thought of, uh, I guess it was about last month, someone sent out a, um, a picture of, uh, it was a Darth Vader helmet, just a partial. Oh, sorry, I was just reading the chat. Um, it was a close-up of uh, Darth Vader, and it was bathed in gold. And I thought I recognized it, and uh, it ended up being the special edition VHS box set that came out uh, in 1997. <laughs> All right, I got to share this. Sorry, Anthony, but I've and I think I'm back now. Of course, everything goes popping back up. Lots of windows all of a sudden of open back up. All right, Michael, how are we doing? Yes, I am doing all right. Awesome. All right. I think I got you in. Hopefully we won't uh, have any other technical difficulties as we go on. I just figured I'd, I'd stop by and uh, say hi. Oh, I appreciate it. Let me uh, let me throw the link in case there's somebody else that wants to get on with us. And... All right. So that should get us going. So, yeah, we were talking about uh, what was I talking about? Oh, that's right. I just was switching topics when uh the power went out again um and what i was talking about or was getting ready to talk about uh was the uh, special edition star wars back in 1997 uh i don't know if you remember those if you were uh i think you're quite a bit younger than me so you 
how old were you around 1997? Um, I was born in '78, so. Oh, okay. All right, so you're you're a couple of years younger than me then. Yeah, I I wasn't um, you know, I I wasn't able to go see any of the OT in the theaters, um, or if I would have, I I don't I wouldn't have remembered it. Um, I think I was talking the other day. Um, could even been on my sh um on mine or whatever, but the the first movie I really remember going and see is Gremlins, and I think that was '84. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would have been about six then. Yeah, I was telling the story about how. Uh, yeah, I, I told it already, but uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was the first movie I, I really remember seeing. Um, and then everything around there was, you know, like Roger, who framed Roger Rabbit or like Land Before Time. So all mid um, E.T. So mm -hmm. all mid, mid 80s movies. Um, so I, I kind of just missed um, Return of the Jedi uh, by you know, shortly by, a you know, a year or two where I would have been four or five when it came out so probably too young to even if i would have gone see it which i didn't that i would have remembered it right did you manage to go uh to see the uh remakes that they did in 97 no i did okay. not um but now i you know i have um the original i have copies of the original um trilogy um on my it's actually not on this computer it's on my old computer that's dead that i need to get the, all the files um taken off of and put onto this one but um yeah. actually, I, I might have them on my phone too I'm, I'm not sure about that but nice um you know one of those uh, i had a buddy that knew somebody that had the um, you know originals on a computer somewhere and downloaded them to me and you know, just kind of, that's the great thing about that. You know, you can pass them around and it doesn't lose. Like if you're taping them over for, um, your VCR and you know, the tape quality. Yeah. Way. Um, well, the, the special edition movies when they re-released in 97 actually hold an important, uh, thing for me. Um, January 31st, 1997 was when they re-released a new hope. Uh, almost a month later, February 21st, uh, they released Empire. And then March 14th is when they uh, released Return of the Jedi. Now, the reason why that uh, is significant to me was in 1996, uh, in April, uh, I was diagnosed with a stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, I was going to school full-time. I was working full time, uh, and uh, I had a you know it's just it's, life was just going full tilt. Um, you know it's just uh, I, it, it was hard to deal with, and then having to go through uh, cancer treatments. Uh, the chemo was uh, every two weeks uh, for a full year. I had uh, twenty five uh, treatments of uh, chemo. That took eight, uh, eight hours for him to do, and that left me wiped out for two weeks before I could go back and get another dose. Um, so I was mid-treatment when these came out. Now, sometimes I just didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to go to work. I really just wanted to escape. Normally what I did was when I wanted to do that, I would go to the zoo and I would bring my sketchbooks 
and I would sketch the animals. But with it being January, February, March, you know, it's a little cold to go sit out in the zoo on a, on a bench and draw animals uh, for a few hours. So I would go and watch the Star Wars re-releases. And uh, so they'll, they'll always hold a special, uh, a special place for me. So, um, now I was, uh, trying to figure out, you know, it's like, why, why would they re-release the, the original three movies and update them the way that they would? And, uh, the cost alone, uh, was, I think, uh, cost them an additional $15 million to come up with, um, uh, you know, to, to update the films to the way that they are now, ten million for uh, the original Star Wars and two point five million for Empire and Return of the Jedi because they had to do a whole bunch of uh, pre work with the first one that they could just duplicate with the other ones. So that's that's a lot of money just to re-release films, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, especially if you're looking at when, when you're. you're- to make, um, you know, you need to make your money back on them. So, what are you going to, um, you know, what are you going to see? I mean, so fifteen million dollars. So you got to make fifteen million dollars back off of it, plus what you're paying for, plus the marketing. So I'm going to guess off the fifteen million dollars for them to make money, they'd probably have to make about fifty million. Um, you know, just just saying because doubling doubling it is thirty. Um, with your advertising, um, I'm, I'm just guessing at the numbers. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm putting it like it, if it was a new movie, what they would do. Um, you know, usually double your your um, budget. But then again, fifteen million dollars is not a lot for marketing um, for a movie. So you know, I, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. Do you know offhand what they what they made in the re-release? Uh, the re-releases, I believe, netted about thirty-five to forty million per film. Uh, so you're looking at around another hundred million dollars. Okay, yeah. I mean, so that's respectable, um, especially for a re- release. Now, it's uh, when I was doing the research on this topic, I because uh, I was really curious on why they decided to do it. Uh, not only, you know, were they trying to uh, you know, capture that magic again, uh, which they started in 96 with the Shadows of the Empire. Uh, but they, uh, it was the way that Lucas really wanted the films to look in the beginning. But because, you know, technology was limited, he couldn't really fulfill his vision. And the main thing was to prepare for episode one. They already knew that that was coming out. It was going to come out in two years. It was already in uh, pre-production. And to me, this reason makes the most sense. That way, when you're watching them in order, you watch one, two, and three, and they have all these updated graphics. It looks really good. The sound is phenomenal. And then you watch four, five, and six, it regresses and it's grainy. The sound quality isn't quite there. You know, it just, it it looks like it was done that long ago. Whereas now if you watch it, it's almost seamless and it makes more sense. 
Do you buy that reason? Um, no, I think that I don't think the reason that they were remade um, was so that they would flow better. I think that you know George had his vision on what he wanted to do, and at the time, um, you know, back in you know when he started, well, seventy five or seventy six, um, you know, even though they came out, the first one came out in seventy seven. Um, you know, they didn't have the technology and that's why they had, you know, he had to create um, ILM and they were the cutting edge and they, I mean, they still are today because there was no one else to do what he wanted done. So he had to make it happen himself. And then going on to the other films, it was the same thing. And then 20 years later, when the technology was there, he said, okay, I'm going to do these things and the touch-ups and whatever that's where your first um you know george lucas ruined my childhood came from because he put things into the movies that people didn't like or took things out um you know especially with with 97 i'm not sure how much it was in 97 but i know with some of the later ones um the changes that he made mm-hmm. uh, but you know i think it was just he had his vision and he did what he could um you know and then he at the time he when he could make changes he made the changes kind of like something to go along with lines since you're new with your podcast um when you take people okay for example rogue one has is recording their 200th episode um Mm -hmm. as you and i are talking right now i was just um talking to those guys and they're they're recording it right now um if you ask them they would probably love to go back to some of the early episodes and scrap those or be able to redo them. Or if you talk to any podcasters, um, you know, they're going to say they weren't, you know, they want to do things over. They weren't good. They're still learning, um, you know, until you get into your groove or whatever. And for you and I, it's not worth it for our, you know, podcasters or YouTubers to go back and change um, their podcast or we record their podcast just to change the sound quality and and whatever because you know it, it just doesn't make sense to but if it's something like a, a movie that is based on special effects you know that's a different story or if you were putting together on your YouTube channel instead of us sitting here talking you were making um, fan films or something like that and then 20 years from now you could touch up those fan films that would be a different story Um Right. I mean, I, I know um, I go back like I was talking last night. Some of my first things that I put on um, YouTube, I left them on there because they're still there, um, you know, but I, they're garbage, um, you know, in my opinion. And, you know, even perfect example, I didn't do my homework properly for yesterday. So we got into um, the, we were in the box tank and I figured the, the one thing we were going to talk about was going to be much more of a conversation. And everybody's like, no, we agree with you. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> well, about now, here you know, here's here's my. I figured this is gonna kill about an hour of time, and we killed about twenty minutes. And the twenty minutes was me talking, and everybody else just saying, "No, you're right." And I was like, "Okay, so what are we gonna talk about now?" So then we just kind of sat there, you know. And that's the whole thing. It's like like you said, you've said before, and that was my idea. Um, and I want to be just like you're sitting down at a table with your buddies at the bar, and you're talking about something. Mm-hmm. And you know, we might 
change the subject and talk about something else, and then go back to it and keep going back and forth. But when you're sitting there at a table with your friends, you're like, okay, so what do we, you know, what's what now? What now? Sometimes you sit there and you kind of look at each other for a couple minutes. You're like, uh, okay, wait a second, you know. And that's a perfect example because that's what happened last night. And you know what? It's there. I'm not going to change it. You know, I'm not going to go back in. Um, you know, when I edit it for the podcast, I probably I won't even cut those. You know, that break of that little bit in there, I'm just going to put it up there. And that's what it is because right. unedited, there you go. But if I actually, not that I don't care, but if I was actually trying to make money off of this or I wanted the world to see my masterpiece, I'd probably go in and edit some of that dead air and me going, all right, guys, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Um, all right, I'm going to get an idea, you know, for that. And then that went on for a couple of minutes. Um right. And you know what? It's it's going to be there for everybody here and everybody to see because that's the way the show is. Um, but if I was trying to impress the world, you know, not that I don't want people to listen and be in, you know, but if I wanted to woo people and, and change the world with my um, podcast, um, you know, I'd clean it up a little bit. And, you know, so. Right. Well, I and and I agree, I agree with you. Uh, sometimes it's uh, some cha sometimes changes need to be made, and sometimes it's just uh, you know it's something that you feel like you need to get done. And sometimes I think once you get into that uh, that fixing process, uh, you could go a little bit overboard. And I say that to say this. Now, here's some of the things that they changed in the 97 version of uh, of the special editions. So that's when you first saw the deleted scene remastered of Han and Jabba talking in the docking bay. And Jabba just, to me, I, I mean, I like the scene. I like the interaction. Jabba just, to me, did not fit. He looked odd, especially after seeing, you know, Return of the Jedi. Maybe if you... You know that was your first time seeing it it was it was okay but knowing you know that you know hey this was a puppet to begin with and now you have this kind of off looking looks digitally inserted character that's in its place and then han steps on his tail and he lets out the squeak and yeah. you know, uh you know th that was in there uh, they changed a lot of the approach shots um uh, for moss Eisley. Uh, they changed the approach shots for the uh, for the when you first uh, see the sand crawler. Uh, the approach shots when the sand crawlers are going down into the Lars homestead. Uh, the escape of uh, the Millennium Falcon they changed as well. They digitally inserted animals, uh, whether they were just standalone, like the little thing, uh, dinosaur-looking thing that raised up on its uh, hind legs and. Uh, yeah, you know, the uh, the stormtroopers on the dewbacks, uh, which was a nice touch. I like I like seeing that they extended that scene and threw them on some dewbacks and made it a little more uh, realistic as well. Uh, and then, of course, the infamous scene where uh, whether or not Han shot first, or you know, because in the original. Greedo shoots first, and I believe in. Uh, well, I'm. I'm. I'm not, now I'm trying. To, now I get it confused because they've made so many different versions of it. Original Han shoots first. Oh, okay. All right. So, right. Uh, it, like I said, there's so many. 
they've they've um, slowed it down like frame by frame, and Han does shoot first by a few frames or whatever fractions of a second, but he does shoot first, and the reason Greedo misses him is because he's already been hit. Um, supposedly, you know, that's that's I mean, but Han does shoot first in it, um, right. and then they went and changed it to Han Solo is supposed to be a good guy. Um, even though he's a scoundrel, you know, a good guy isn't going to shoot first. Um, which when it's, you know, when it comes to survival of the fittest, when you're out there, you know, you can be a good hearted outlaw and still, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive when, you know, you, you have good intentions or good in your heart and you're surrounded by bounty hunters, you know, it's either, you know, kill or be killed. So, right. But like, so, okay. So like, like that, that's something that, um, George retcons and um oh Dale Dale said that Greedo doesn't even shoot in the first one or in the yeah. original. So I'll have to go back and I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I, I think the ninety seven one, Han just kinda it's uh Greedo I think shoots and Han just moves his head to the side uh ever so slightly and then shoots. Uh I think is the way that it works out. But I mean, like you have, like, like so that's a controversial one. George decides, for whatever reason, he wants to change it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the the story, maybe he decides, okay, Han's going to be a good guy, or we want Han to be more of a good guy, so he changes it. Um, but like, you know, so that's that's actually changing the story, um, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, you know, putting putting the um, more dobacks in which they couldn't afford to do and didn't have the technology to do. I don't have a problem with that. Even there's there's a couple scenes um, on Tatooine where he just put rocks on. Um, there's boulders added and rocks added. Mm -hmm. you know, and if you look at it side by side, there's no reason for it. It doesn't do anything at all for the picture. It's not, um, you know, even like it's, it's more pleasing or it changes anything. He just decided I'm going to put more rocks there because I want more rocks there. Um you know that that that's fine. The uh, the the change the retconning or, or changing the um, you know I mean it doesn't really change the outcome, but changing the the who shot first thing um, that that one I'm not a, a big fan of. The other one, I think the thing that's even worse than that is in Jedi, um, where. Okay he we get rid of or we have the the music changes um oh, yeah and, and jedi and now you know you're you you know something that you grew up grew up with which you know not not a childhood rooting thing but you know something that's always been there you know not mm -hmm. you know, even going back to the hot who shot first or whatever it's still the same scene it doesn't really matter whether there was one blast or two and who it was first or whatever. The scene's going to still be the same, um, no matter what. The outcome's still the same. Sean Han shoots him and kills him. Whether or not he was shot at first or second or whatever it was, you know, to me that that's really not a big deal. Um, you know, and I think it's kind of silly to go ahead and change it, but whatever. It's, it's changed. It is what it is. But yeah. omitting something and putting in Jedi rocks in that song and. You know that 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 one's just kind of that's probably my my biggest problem with uh, <laughs> the changes that have been made to 
Um, and I actually, I actually wrote that down in uh, in my notes here that uh, how egregious that was. Um, you know, even uh, yeah, there were changes uh, to the story in uh, A New Hope. There were, they added uh, completely new scenes in uh, Jedi. The one that I never had a problem with was uh, was Empire. Uh, they uh, they fixed some major things in there that uh, that I thought were pretty distracting in the first one, uh, and not a lot of people have caught this. But if you watch Empire, when the uh, when the Wampa goes to swipe Luke, you see the pole that the arm is on in the original version. So the whole prop pole as he as he swipes through, you see. You can actually, you know, you see the arm, and then at the very end, you see the. It's like a Q-tip, you know, it's the the little claws on the end of the stick, and you actually see the whole stick. So in the remake, they redid that, and they filled in the creature uh, rather than seeing that. Uh, they also uh, unclouded the cockpit views of uh, where those the A-wings that go out, uh, the snow speeders. Um, uh, uh, in the original ones, there is like a fog was over those. You really couldn't see anything around it. But in the special edition ones, uh, you could actually see the the figures on the ground, the soldiers as they're battling, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they extended the, the Millennium Falcon chase scene uh, through the asteroid belt. Uh, and then, of course, they uh, added in uh, a few more uh, cloud cars uh in Bespin and they changed the approach and extended the approach there so i had no problem with any of the changes that they made for empire but when you get to jedi and they add in uh add in the new song and uh with the with that i can't even think of that guy's name that's the singer now uh that's in there um they changed up the sarlacc where they actually made it like an animated mouth uh you know i thought the, the original was good enough and then you know it just made it really cartoony and out of place uh in that one and then, uh later on they they changed a few other things that we did. so i mean yeah i mean for the the most part there isn't anything wrong and i think it's good you know like you were just saying getting rid of the pole to make it look better um, you know, or cleaning up the edges, making it look so it doesn't look like an old movie so that, you know, maybe not so it flows better. Um, but when your kids watch it, they don't say, what's this crap? You know, um, <laughs> you know like where you can definitely tell it's a dated movie or, you know, when you watch a 70s sitcom or, you know, you're watching One Day at a Time or Cheers, you can definitely tell, uh, you know, not even from what they're wearing, but just the quality of the camera um, mm -hmm. or the film, whatever, versus something now. You can definitely tell that it's dated. Well, if you can, if you can go through and you have the money to, and it doesn't really matter, and clean it up and make it look like it was shot now or you know newer, you know, I really don't see a problem with that. It's when you you know take Cheers for example and. Take get rid of all Sam Malone's jokes because they're not PC anymore, and replace them, you know, with a woman bartender or something like that, which is kind of what George does in, you know, Jedi with the the whole um, 
cantina scene or with the um right change with the, with the band and, and put it in jedi rocks right um, you know so now uh and for those that are in the live chat i still think we have a few more that have weathered the uh the, the technical difficulties, uh, possibly they're still with us. Um, there was a scene that I remember. Now, I, I have a very vivid imagination, so I don't know if I read this possibly in the uh, Return of the Jedi novelization or if they changed this from, uh, from one of the uh, movie editions that they came out with because... They've come out with uh, one, two, three, four, I think seven different versions of the movie where Luke is in Jabba's palace. And it's right before uh, or right as he's about to fall into the Rancor pit. And he goes down, uh, goes through the door. The door, uh, the Rancor door opens up and the monster starts to come out. Now, I remember from there a scene where Luke jumps up and grabs a hold of the grate. And like the guards are stomping on his fingers and he releases and falls into like the Rancor's eye. And then as he falls to the ground is when you see the duck and roll and he gets up and, you know, and he takes off his cloak. Do you remember anything like that? Um, it's so hard for me because, like, I grew up with the original trilogy on VHS, taped off of HBO. Mm -hmm. I'd watch, I would watch them all the time. But then it went to, you know, you got the special editions, and it was on TV all the time, and watching those on DVD or whatever, and you know, you kind of forget what the the first was unless you're a you know, a, a crazy purist or, you know, like, like you're saying, you know, you, you remember this, but you're not sure exactly. And, um, you know, and then I go and I watch the original ones that are unedited and I'm like, Oh wait, I remember that. Oh wait, you know, this part. Um, and whether it was in 97 or 2004, 2011, you know, all, all the times they, they've redone them. Um, so I'm not sure. Like I said, it, it could have been uh, something that I read in like the novelization. And as my, as active as my mind is in uh, the way that it, my mind works, I, I'm very visual. So even if I'm reading it, I can I, I see the picture in my head. So I, it, it's very possible that I just read it somewhere, or possibly it was in a um, extended universe book or something that uh, I. Uh, you know, just I'm recalling and, uh, you know, now I can't find it. Well, especially since the EU is no longer, uh, you know, it, so, uh, but I'm always, man, it always bugs me and try, I always try to see if anyone else has, uh, remembers a scene similar to that. I mean, I, I say I do. It's, it's kind of like he fell into it before he, um, landed and did his tuck and roll, like you were right. saying. So, yeah, uh, that that does sound familiar. But you know, then again, it's it's like you watch the. It's like watching 
a movie, what, what no matter what it is, and it's edited for TV or the, it's time cut for TV, mm-hmm. and you see it so many times on TV, and then you go and you watch it, um, you know, not edited or cut, and you're like, oh wait, I remember this, I remember that because you're so used to, even though you you know you saw the original one unedited or uncut. Um, and it's it's true form. You've seen it so many times the other way. It just kind of you forget about the old ways until you see it again, and then it all comes back to you. And you know now the new one's garbage. Um, right. But then you don't have access to the original anymore, so you keep watching what you can, and the same thing happens over and over again. And then um, you know you get to you know it's just kind of like a vicious cycle until you can get it. Where um, do you have the uh, do you have the originals? I do. Okay. I have I have two different versions. Uh, I and I was this was going to be like almost like a trivia question. Uh, there was a gold edition and a silver edition, and I was going to see who might know or remember what the difference between the two were. Um. Well, I sure don't. Um. You know, I have I have trouble whether or not I'm watching the original or. 97 or 2004 2011 what i'm watching until it happens or doesn't happen Uh, you know and it's like i said it's not a lot of times it's not knowing that it was that i'm missing it until i see that i missed it Mm -hmm. uh, if that makes so 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 here was the difference between the two all right the silver one was the pan and scan version of the movies so it was still special edition. They still made all the changes that they did in 97. But when they released it on VHS, they had uh, the silver was the pan and scan. So the, the camera would shift along the, uh, the full frame to get whatever they wanted to, whatever was most important. The gold version was the widescreen version. And it was the least popular one uh, because a lot of people didn't like and didn't weren't used to the uh, the black bars uh, on the you know uh, above and below the screen. Yeah. And, you know they're like, well, we want it on you know full size on the screen, and you know they didn't care that if they were missing something off to the left or the right or up or down. Uh, uh, the pan and scan ones, especially with my vision being as bad as it is. Uh, I I don't like pan and scan. It makes me dizzy it, because it's constantly shifting. So I've I've always preferred widescreen. It was just really hard to uh, to find those then. Now it's a little bit easier. So, but that was the difference between the two. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I have. I I'll have to check and see if I have it on my phone. Um, I know it's definitely not on this computer. Um, but I do have them on my other computer that died. I just need to um, get the information off of that computer and put it onto this one. But I have to have someone do it for me, um, and you know it's past my expertise or lack thereof. Um, you know, because I can't even. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what to do for that because I can't even get my computer to turn on. So they need to take it apart and then do whatever they do in computer world um, to do it. So yeah. So, um, is there a favorite change that they made that uh, that you really liked? And is there something that they changed that you might not have liked? The 
not liked is the Jedi put it in the Jedi Rocks um, song. Uh, the the change that I, I mean the, the the biggest one is the one that you spoke of earlier with um, Jabba, and it it's it's kind of weird because you know when we meet Jabba J- or when we hear about Jabba, Jabba was a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, or know about Jabba until later on, you know, a few movies later that we see him, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's Jabba. Um, but when you meet him, and after the the changes were made in um, Star Wars, he's not really this menacing, scary guy anymore, um, creature or whatever. You know, that, that, well, that's because when they originally shot it, it was shot with a guy. Who I believe they did make an action figure for him. Um, oh, I didn't know if they did or not. I I believe they did. Um, I would, I'll 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 look at I'll double check on that and, and try and see so I can let you know. Um, but oh, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, um, and I know that in oh one of the in fact it might have been the laser disc of Star Wars uh, where they first showed that deleted scene. And it was a guy that kind of looked uh, almost like a uh, like he was at a Renaissance fair. Had a big hat and a feather on it. Uh, it was maroon and white. Um, and yeah, he's just a, a, a portly gentleman. And I just I, I don't know. It just didn't really. It, it looked like a Renaissance fair reject, and never really quite liked the, the that deleted scene. So I was glad that they took it out and kind of left it a mystery. But then they went back uh, once Jabba was established, and it was pretty cool. All right, so Dale asked, uh, he said, Jedi rocks. So, Dale, what uh, what we're talking about is in uh, Jabba's palace, uh, when uh, you first, uh, like when, oh, what's her name? Uh, the Twi'lek is dancing. Uh, she finishes the song, and then uh, they're getting ready to do another song. And they digitally animated a character who was uh, like the lead singer, and uh, and they incorporated some of the views of the uh, the original movie, but add extended the scene and made this really annoying song. And it just uh, I I really don't know another way to describe it than it was uh, rather annoying. Uh, they made it poppy and, uh, you know, then they almost had like a dance battle between, uh, the Twi'lek and another character. Uh, and then the Twi'lek of course, you know, loses and she goes into the Sarlacc pit. So, uh, Michael, do you have another way of describing or, uh, explaining what that song is? No, not really. Um, yeah, do it justice. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they they took they they ch- I mean it completely changes the scene from. Um, oh, hang on. Um. Well, it was uh, the scene was a little more was was like somber and uh, the uh, yeah the, the music was a little quieter. She was just. Um, you know, she was just kind of dancing and Java wanted her to come close and, you know, she wanted to, uh, 
you know, she wanted she wanted to do her own thing and not uh, not be that close to it. And uh, you know, and then they you make this new song in there, and it just made it campy and was over the top, uh, and just really wasn't needed. Uh, and it turned something that was you know was more somber uh, and, and reflective into uh, you know uh, something of Dance Dance Revolution or uh, Just Dance video game type thing. Are you back, Michael? All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I don't know. You know, I always have problems with my headphones. I can't figure out what to do. But um, right. yeah, it, it, it was like a techno pop kid song. Um, and yeah, it just it didn't really fit into there. And it, it changes it from being um, like a, a, a somber kind of dramatic scene to... Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. Um, for for me, I I really I, there were so many scenes that were added that I really liked. Um, it, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I liked. Um, I, I I liked the extra stuff, not necessarily scenes, but. I like the uh, the added aesthetics, the dobacks, uh, some of the uh, elongated uh, chase scenes. Uh, I enjoyed those. Um, I did not like uh, most of the stuff that they did in Jedi, uh, such as uh, Jedi Rock or uh, the the new. Uh, Sarlacc, where you know, and the, the burping animal that's at uh, at uh, the beginning of the movie uh, when they pan back from Java's palace. Uh, then I think the mo the the other thing that they changed, and they changed this one many times, was the celebration and the ending um, of Return of the Jedi. So of course they. Um, in the later editions, they changed it to where it was, uh, um, they added in the boo celebration, the, uh, Coruscant celebration, uh, they added a different song to it. Uh, you know, they, uh, changed, and this wasn't in 97, but they, they did change this one in Jedi is how many times they changed the force ghosts at the end of the movie. And how yep. long that how long that they were on the screen? Uh, yeah, it started off where it was just you see Luke. He looks back right before he joins the rest of them, and he sees the two Force ghosts. And um, oh, I can't think of uh, Sebastian Shaw. I believe was the guy's name. Uh, was uh, was who played uh, Vader at the very end uh, when his mask was off? That they show him. Uh, and then they extended that scene a little bit, uh, a little more. They look at each other and look back and kind of have a little interaction. And then further on, they, I believe, uh, I think it was the 2004 one, 
uh, redo that they added in Hayden Christensen in as uh, the Force Ghost and took out uh, Sebastian Shaw. So um, that one I thought was, I wish they were just left it alone. Uh, I enjoyed seeing um, the older actor as Anakin rather than uh, Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked him as uh, Anakin in the prequels. Uh, I liked, uh, I thought he brought a lot of emotion to the movies. Uh, but I don't see, I mean, Yoda was old when he turned into a forest ghost and his, um, uh, you know, his, you know, the forest ghost was old. Obi-Wan was, uh, was old when he became one with the force and his forest ghost was old. You know, what if they would have, uh, put in, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, instead of Alec Guinness there. Uh, to me, it would it's you know about the same, uh, you know the the same thing of changing him. I preferred it. You know he he died as an older man. Leave him as an older man. Force ghost. Nobody would have said anything about it. So I don't know why they changed that. It just kind of bugs me a little. Yeah, I mean yeah, that I one brings bring up a lot, a lot of questions. questions. Um, on what you know so why why did he change then um you know why is he now young and even though we never saw him at that time as young so why did he go back for that um you know i'm just not not sure so we have the young um hayden christensen in there instead of sebastian shaw and you know that just brings up so many questions on why you know is that because that was the last time he was actually good um and right. hard um but then you can argue well he was actually good when he turned back to the to the light side and saved his son and killed the emperor yeah if or, he was redeemed, um, then, you know he's redeemed so i mean both both arguments um you know for that kind of are valid but can negate each other you know, I I think that's just what they decided to do, and it wasn't really um, for the best. But right. Um, so uh, here's the dates that I had. So they uh, redid them in 1997 and re-released them in theaters. They uh, added some things to them in 2004. They redid it again in 2006. They redid them again in 2011. They updated some more things in 2015, and then the last one, and I'm guessing it will be the final edition of uh, of the original trilogy, came in 2019, which they didn't really add a whole lot to the movies other than McClunky, uh, but you know they they did update the graphics, they did update the sound uh, to. Uh, now that they're digital, they, it's a lot easier to do that, um, you know, to make it more modern and to make it, I, I, I still think, you know, maybe they have uh, to make it flow better and to make them all look like it's uh, part of the same saga rather than, uh, you know, part of them done here and part of them done a long time ago. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, the sequel trilogy being the most modern. 
I mean, that could that could that could be. I'm still not sure about that, but you know, it's, yeah. we could. I'll 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 do a little bit more soul searching on that aspect of it. Um, but now, what changes were made in this one? We have um, the Han shooting first was changed again mm-hmm. um, with the McClunky. And I know there was a few other changes in there, but I don't think they were major because I don't remember um, hearing too much about it. Because you know, it doesn't matter if as soon as anything's changed, whether it's like I was saying, um, you know, you put rocks in there, people are going to complain. You know, I don't really care that they change the rocks, but um, I think it was pointless. But for whatever reason, they decided to do it, and it's done. It doesn't do anything to the story. It doesn't, you know, it's not like that whole thing with the rocks when he put you know, added three boulders in or three rocks. It doesn't do anything to it. Right. It doesn't even make it, you know, I, I just, there was absolutely no point to it whatsoever that I can think of or know of. Um, you know, unless it reminded him three rocks he had in his backyard as a kid growing up or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, you I know, think, it's like. I think the main changes that were made in uh, the 2019 version, if, and if my memory is serving me correctly, they went from seventy or sixty-five millimeter print to seventy millimeter digital. So they filled in all the little gaps along on the sides and uh, and whatnot, and they extended it out to a seventy millimeter, so they can uh, add in its uh, 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 what do they call that? The four K. So okay. yeah, so they updated them all for that higher resolution and in order to do that i believe they had to go to a 70 millimeter i could be wrong on that but i think that i did read that uh, uh in some of the literature that i saw but well, yeah, because... much added to it other than uh, a, a few things here little you know uh, bells and whistles nothing too glamorous other than changing uh the mcclunky scene uh, I can tell you that there is definitely a difference, and I don't have a 4K TV. I just have a regular uh, 1080 TV or whatever it is. Um, watching them off Disney Plus versus watching it off of um, even Netflix or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they look better. And I could watch it in 4K, even though I don't have a 4K TV. 4K still looks amazing compared to just regular. Um, so it has to be, you know, I don't know the, the scientifics or whatever of how, you know, I mean, I, I understand what the difference between 4K and 1080 is, but, um, you know, watching 4K on a 1080 is still better than watching 1080 on a 1080. Right, uh, right. You know, even though it still doesn't have the, the same effect, it's still, still better. Um, you know, so. Right. All right. Well, uh, Michael, I, I hate to cut this short, um, you know, uh, but my toes are frozen and I need to go and turn off the computer so I can turn on some more heaters. That way the electricity doesn't go off. Uh, but I appreciate you cu- jumping on with me. Tell everyone where they can find you again. Um, pretty much if you go to any of the social media platforms, you put in two med two you're gonna find me um my youtube channel it's the um two med two star wars network and on there on monday nights we have two med two's box of tank um there's a couple other things that we have on there um that don't really have specific times um there's the course on coach's corner with uh, myself and mike pappas uh, you know we recorded three episodes the one day and i'm still putting them out 
Um, you know, it could be three months before we record another episode. It's just whenever we can get anything um, done. I have another one collecting with Kylo, um, my buddy Kylo from Kylo Customs. Um, he collects Funko Pops, and since I don't collect Funko Pops, <laughs> when I when I do maybe acquire some, I go on and I talk with, with him about it. Um, and I do some other stuff. I have some other stuff I'm going to be doing, um, you know, here and there. I don't really have time to do everything I'd like to, but I'm going to be going over some more books and going over some dictionaries and encyclopedias and, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, it sounds awesome. I, I, I really love when you get into your books and, uh, and you share them with, uh, with us. Uh, and uh, especially me, I don't have any of the books hardly. I think I have like two. Uh, but so I, I enjoy your reviews of them. And uh, when we're uh, on together on your uh, Bakta tank, uh, and you show all the pictures and sh just show how cool they are. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I look forward to uh, our discussions here in uh, this coming week and being back live with you on Monday and then uh, hopefully back here again on Tuesday. I'd also like to thank Chris King for stopping by the live chat. Uh, Dale Erdman, of course. Uh, Anthony, the rural farm boy. Uh, and I think that's who we had visiting us today. Again, I am Charlie Skywalker, and I really appreciate you guys stopping in on Star Wars Through the Ages. Have a great night, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you very much.